You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Are you ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Now is the right time to bring back Padres Social Hour as we await the start of the regular season. Friar Faithful, get ready to sit back, relax, and join the conversation. Now, coming to you from everyone's homes around San Diego and beyond, it's Padres Social Hour with your host, Jesse Agler. Hey, good evening, everybody, and happy opening day at home. That's what we're calling it all around baseball. Obviously, this March 26, 2020, not exactly what we all envisioned, even as recently, I guess, as a few weeks ago, certainly a couple of months ago, I guess at about 5.30 p.m. on on this day, back in January, I'd be thinking about, man, I, I can't wait to drive home after the day game, maybe go outside and grill, take in all the excitement of opening day, and of course, very, very different situation. But We are here to try and get you through it, to try and make this as uh, normal as possible, or at least as fun as possible for the next hour. We've got a very packed show for you today. Uh, Old friend Matt Vaskersian will join us. Bob Scanlon will join us. And I'll be joined in just a moment by Annie Heilbrunn, who does all kinds of work for Fox Sports San Diego, the UT, and uh, everybody else, it seems like. Annie's everywhere. You can't uh, avoid Annie. Not that you'd want to. Uh, She's one of the best here in town. But if you're baseball starved, obviously... Uh, and we all are. We got some stuff for you coming up at 630, right when this show ends on both the Padres YouTube channel and on Padres.com. You can watch what is, for my money, maybe the nuttiest Padre game of the last however many years. It was that June game, Father's Day weekend last year in Denver, crazy ninth inning comeback, and then a huge 12th inning when the Padres defeated the Rockies. Uh, that is the opening day at home game for the Padres coming up on the social channels. And then at seven o'clock tonight, if Colorado baseball is not your thing, and I certainly wouldn't blame you if that was the case. Our friends at Fox Sports San Diego are replaying a game from the exact uh, week before, the uh, Friday before that, uh, a home game between the Padres and the Nationals. No spoilers. I'll just say you want to stick around for the end. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. Let's bring in Annie. It is uh, great to see you. Thank you for being with us, Annie. And uh, how are things in the in the Heilbrunn world? Jesse, it is great to be here. This is a different setup than we're used to from the OG social hour that we used to do. And yeah, you're right. Normally we would be getting ready for a game and talking about matchups, but I'm glad that we're doing this. It's great to see your face and the faces of so many other guests that you've had on this week in this whole weird, weird world that we're living in. It's just nice to see some, some friendly faces and some people, you know, and see that you guys are doing well. So everything's good on my end. You know, I've been covering some of the the coronavirus information that's going out there in the news for the San Diego Union Tribune and trying to do some sports where I can, <laughs> where it's available. Um, and then just kind of trying to ride this out and see what's next for all of us. It's definitely a strange time. But like I said, it's been good to see some familiar faces. Yes, I think that's uh, very, very well put. Hello, Jerry, to you as well. Uh, what, what's your favorite part of opening day? I mean, it's such a special day all around baseball. 
I think it's the energy. You know, you get to the ballpark. You and I, we get there really early before Clubhouse starts. So, geez, probably for a 1 p.m. game, we probably would have been there at 8.30, 9 a.m. today. And you just start to feel it, you know, like Hope Springs Eternal. There's everyone zero zero. You don't really care about the, the, the win or the loss, of course. You know, you do a little bit, but not a lot because it's the first game. So it's just more about the atmosphere and the energy and just the traditions, all the traditions of opening day that make it really so special when you look around the ballpark and you realize the magnitude of, of what you're kind of stepping into for the season. And you know what, Jesse, I know you understand this because, um, you know, obviously all the broadcasting work you do, but, you know, every season has its own story and it kind of has its own chapters that it writes. And that's kind of the first part of the story is opening day, you know? So it's really special time. What about you? What do you like the most? Yeah, I think it's just like the energy and the vibe of the day. Like you said, you know, get there early. Uh, and he wasn't kidding, by the way, she and I get to most games about the same time. I always see you in the parking lot uh, <laughs> yes. as, as, as we roll into Petco. But, you know, it's it's just, it's different than any other day. It really is. We, we talked a little bit about it yesterday. We'll talk to Matt Baskersian about that coming up in a few minutes as well. There, there's like that energy, that vibe. I, I was joking with Cassavelle yesterday as we talked about it. You know, the, the playoffs obviously are kind of their own beast and their own animal. Um, opening day has that same energy as the postseason. But, but as I said, without the fear, you know, exactly. you're not so concerned about, you know, necessarily, like you said, the win and the loss. You obviously want to win, but it doesn't feel like everything is on the line because, you know, it's only one of 162, you know, as yes. opposed to the playoffs when, when you're kind of on the edge of your seat the whole time. And it can be miserable uh, as exciting as it can be. Exactly. You know, uh, even covering those types of games, you know, you know, everything is so important, so crucial. And like you said, a lot of it's, it's, it's one and done a lot of times. So the, those things are so big, you know, and yet this moment is, is a big moment, but it's enjoyable moment because you just get to kind of take it all in and just let the moment wash over you versus, you know, kind of trying to, to see what's happening next because it's going to be a, a domino that's going to, that's going to fall for the team. So it's such a special day. And you know what? I just love seeing all the kids. There's kids there. There's everybody, you know, from young babies all the way up to grandmas and grandpas. And it's just cool to see a lot of the families come in because you'll see like the multi-generational you know, the way that they kind of bond over the game of baseball. So I love that. I love to see them, you know, walking around the ballpark and just enjoying the atmosphere. And you get a lot of people that don't necessarily pay a lot of attention to baseball throughout the season, um, you know, in the sense of like they, they keep a scorecard and things like that. But you see a lot of people that just like to be there for the atmosphere. And I think that that's pretty cool, too. Yeah, it's a it's a celebration. It's a party. Yeah. You know, that's what opening day is. It's it's like a holiday as much as anything else. All right, we want to hear from you guys. How did you celebrate opening day at home today? And I mean, the four year old, we had the T-ball going in the backyard a little bit this morning. And, and I'm sure we weren't alone uh, around San Diego and around uh, the United States. Padres, of course, uh, you know, such a big part of this community, uh, you know, now more than ever, I think, with the way the sports landscape has shifted here in the last couple of years. Uh, they did some neat stuff today. I want to start off with a letter that was sent out. Uh, to all Padre fans, this ended up on, on social media and on Padres.com uh, from the ownership group here in San Diego. I, I assume if you're a big enough Padre fan that you're watching Padres Social Hour, uh, you, you probably saw this, but wanted to run it for you anyway, and, and I'll kind of read through it here. Friar Faithful, today at 110, we are scheduled to host our opening day and celebrate the return of Major League Baseball and the Padres to San Diego for a 2020 season. At this point, we don't know when baseball will return to Petco Park, but we know it will return, and when it does, we look forward to celebrating with you as our community gathers once again to enjoy our national pastime and cheer for the Padres. We are all facing a very difficult and challenging time. Our hearts go out to those who have been impacted by this crisis. 
We stand with our federal, state, and local authorities as they lead us through this time and encourage everyone to heed the direction we are receiving from those leaders. We also have profound respect and appreciation for our healthcare workers, first responders, and all those who are volunteering to help our community during this time. In recognition of opening day, we are partnering today with Phil's Barbecue to provide lunch for UC San Diego Healthcare and San Diego Blood Bank employees and volunteers who are on the front lines in our fight against the coronavirus. Additionally, at 110 today, we'll play God Bless America at Petco Park as a symbol of solidarity with our resilient country and all of you during this time of crisis. Through the years, MLB has played a key role in helping our country overcome adversity and heal. We look forward to playing that role once again. We will look for additional opportunities to support our community in the coming days. We will also communicate with our ticket holders regarding how to receive a credit exchange or refund for tickets to any canceled game as soon as we have direction from MLB on the 2020 schedule. We hope you and your loved ones remain healthy and safe during this time. Sincerely, Ron Fowler, the executive chairman, and Peter Seidler, general partner of the Padres. Very nice letter and uh, great to see the Padres continuing to be out in the community, even obviously in these uh, difficult and, and unusual times. And uh, it's, a, it's a good reminder, I guess, of, of just the importance of baseball, not only as a healing mechanism, but just as kind of part of the, the calendars of our lives. Yeah, I think it's I think it, it was really special to see that to be providing, you know, food for the healthcare workers. Those guys are working incredibly long hours. They are under very, very stressful conditions. So just the act of caring, I think, goes a long way for a lot of those healthcare workers. And to see that, you know, your your hometown team does care, I think, goes a long way. Um, and, you know, Jesse, you're right. I mean, it's twofold right now. You've got to help with healing in the sense of continuing the social distancing and not playing games right now. I mean, that's part of the healing of, of this pandemic, but then, you know, you know, and I know, I mean, I think major league baseball is going to play a huge part in this community and in each of the team's communities as this thing starts to turn a corner and people are allowed to get back together again, and they are allowed to do things. I think that we'll see a lot of giving and a lot of people coming together for common causes and just wanting to show support and, it's funny, you know, like a lot of times, you know, we'll, we'll kind of jokingly complain about, you know, a 14 inning game or, or something like that. And, and now it's kind of like, you know, you look at it and you, you do realize that that sort of thing, you, you, you would give anything right now for a 14 inning or a 16 inning game or whatnot. You would, you would love to be there at the ballpark for that. So I think it just is going to leave us all a little bit different after this whole thing is over, but I definitely think it's going to be part of um, just a, an upward climb and, you know, this is the time when a lot of people start to listen to you or to the broadcast, the TV broadcast. Every night, it becomes part of your nightly routine. And I think that that's going to be missing for a lot of people. Yeah, I definitely, I felt a little sad this morning. I mean, I, there's no denying that. There's no hiding that. And I uh, know I'm not alone, uh, or, you know, in the world of baseball, fans, broadcasters, writers, people who work at the ballpark, front office, everybody. I mean, it's just, uh, there's a there's a real sadness and uh, we understand why. We certainly don't disagree with what's going on, uh, but it's a bummer on, on a day like today. And hopefully uh, everything we're doing, you know, is going to help uh, lead to a, a healthier situation and we can get back to some sense of normalcy as, as soon as possible. Well, in that letter you, you heard and you saw that at 110 today, uh, the time the game was supposed to be start, the Padres Played God Bless America at the ballpark. Fired up the video board, which uh, looks great in the new colors. Here's a look at uh, what took place at Petco earlier today. As we may not be gathered here today at Petco Park on what would have been 2020 opening day, as a symbol of solidarity with our resilient country, we ask you to join Petty Officer Second Class Mike Dallager as he presents God Bless America. God Bless America. 
Lamb that I love, stand beside her and guide her through the night with the light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans, white with foam, God bless America, my home sweet home. God bless America, my home sweet home. Petty Officer Second Class Mike Delager. Thank you. Fans, we have profound respect and appreciation for our healthcare workers first responders, and all those who are volunteering to help our community during this time. We hope you and your loved ones remain healthy and safe, and we look forward to seeing you, the Friar Faithful, again soon. Little taste of the ballpark earlier today. It was nice to see the uh, the video board all turned on and lit up, even though, obviously, uh, the different circumstances than, than anything we would have wanted. We got Matt Vaskersion coming up. Just a couple of moments, we'll talk opening day memories uh, with him and Annie, uh, just hearing that man, it felt for a brief moment. If you close your eyes, like you're at the game, <laughs> and if you just focus on that single shot when the camera's on on him, you know it's like okay, the the stadium's full. We're in the middle of the game. Everything's going great. So yeah, it, it gives me chills to see that. And I think it's just another reminder, though, too, of, of what was written on that video board, which is we are in this together, and there is just a, a sense of solidarity when something like that is happening. And it was really special to hear that actually today because it, it was kind of just a connecting force within the community. And, you know, I just have to add to Jesse, it's not like, you know, when, when people come to the ballpark, especially the season ticket holders, you know, they're not just coming to see the players. They're coming to see the same usher that they sit by every single game. And, you know, the same concessions person that they go to every single time. There's so many games in baseball in this sport more than ever. You get to know this, the ballpark crew, you know, the people that are working behind the scenes, the security guys and men and women. Um, and I think that's also a missing piece of this is it, it there is a sense of familiarity and family among all of those people. And I think that, you know, that is definitely missed today. Yeah, we even have, you know, like our, our crew of people we see with regularity that sit near our booth and, and yes. same thing you're talking about. You know, we get to know them a little bit. Uh, we chat with them and uh, sometimes they bring cookies for Ted, you know, stuff like that. I mean, it's just. Uh, <laughs> Never it, for you? No, I mean, I guess they're for both of us, but, you know, it's just Ted's booth. You know, I'm just, I'm just visiting. I'm just, I'm just a guest, I feel like, you know, but uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a crazy time right now. It really, really is. And and hopefully we'll be having opening day uh, at some point in the not too distant future. Yeah. Uh, and um, you know what? Hey, you know what? It was kind of cold today anyway. Forget it. Let's it wait for a, a beautiful, you know, maybe early summer day to be able to have opening day. All right. Mentioned uh, Bob Scanley coming up in a little bit. We'll talk to Scans about that wild, wacky game uh, that took place at Coors last year that uh, is airing tonight on Padres.com at 6.30, also on the Padres YouTube page. And uh, before that, though, got an opportunity earlier today to visit with old friend Matt Veskersian. All right, there's a very familiar and uh, comforting face to see for all the right reasons. Matt Veskersian spent a lot of years here in San Diego connecting with Padre fans. We now see him all over the place on MLB Network, Fox, and ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. Matt, great to have you here. Thank you very much for the time. Hope you and the family uh, are doing okay uh, in the uh, greater New York, New Jersey area. 
Yeah, everybody's okay out here in uh, in the epicenter, as they say. Thanks for asking, and uh, hope that uh, that Padre fans and, and your viewers and listeners are experiencing nothing more than an inconvenience during this uh, weird time. Uh, our thoughts go out to anybody who's severely impacted by this. It's it's a uh, not a fun time for anybody. No, it is. It is uh, not at all. And of course, today, as everybody knows, was supposed to be opening day uh, for us here. That meant, you know, being at Petco Park, 110 Padres and the Colorado Rockies. What did it mean for you And as it was originally scheduled? Yeah, it uh, it was supposed to be Angels at Astros. So up until about three weeks ago, we were all wondering, hey, so how are we going to go about this whole Astros scandal story on opening day because after all you want to celebrate the game on opening day but you couldn't get very far in an Astros game without talking about all their transgressions over the past 36 months I I don't even know how long we're talking about with some of the nonsense that was going on there so that was our big concern and uh, it's funny how things go now that the world is buckled down with this uh, this horrific uh, coronavirus story People aren't as concerned uh, as to whether Jose Altuve was wearing a wire when he homered against Geraldus Chapman in the ALCS last year, or whether Alex Bregman was wearing a wire, or who was doing what with cameras. It just doesn't seem as important anymore, and it's amazing how that is. You know, if any team, um, and, and nobody would wish for something to take their eye off the ball like a deadly disease. But, uh, man, the Astros caught a little bit of a break because they can lay low for a while. And then when baseball comes back, I think everybody's going to be celebrated. I don't think anybody's going to grab onto any negative stories at that point. It Had this been a, a normal year, how long do you think the Astros, whether it's going to visiting stadiums or, or just sort of the way they're discussed openly, publicly by the media, by the fans, how long do you think that could have all lingered? I think it was going to go for a while, Jesse. I I do. And I think that everybody kind of underestimated the public outcry over that story. I think the Astros were firmly convinced that they would have their little terrible statements and they had a series of terrible statements and they'd, they'd kind of brush it under the rug. People would be hacked off for a few days and it would go away. Everybody underestimated the ire of the baseball fan and how really upset people were about what was going on there. It wasn't just Dodgers fans. It wasn't just Yankees fans, the two teams that looked like they were the most impacted by the wrongdoing. Everybody was mad. And I I think that would have carried for a long time. Look, I mean, it still might happen that a guy like Jose Altuve or a guy like Alex Bregman, who'd been among the game's biggest stars. And in the case of Altuve, for sure, beloved stars that the whole narrative around their careers had potential to change it still may but i think um again this this bigger problem has taken everybody's eyes off of that certainly one one more astros question just because i'm now flashing back to being in peoria i don't know what it is now six weeks ago whatever it was at the start of spring training watching you guys watching that press conference if you can even call it that where where those guys came out they they read their statements and then uh, Mm -hmm. ownership took questions uh, in West Palm Beach, what, what was going through your mind as you watched it? I know you expressed a lot of what went through your mind. Just kind of looking back at it now, it, it seemed a little bit surreal almost. Yeah, you know, I couldn't believe it was that bad. I couldn't believe, I really thought that, and they had plenty of time to get that right, that they would hire some big gun damage control people, um, you know, kind of like the Harvey Keitel character in Pulp Fiction. He's going to show up, he's going to clean it up, 
He's going to clean up your mess, tell you what to say, tell you what to do, and you're going to walk out the door and it's going to be fine. I thought they'd have it handled. Instead, they had, and I forget the exact word count. I think Alex Bregman said a total of 64 words, but he and Altuve combined spoke for less than three minutes. Uh, you know, the owner, I think he kind of got caught um, in some phonetics issues that he, he found regrettable. Um, the whole thing was bad, man, and, and it shouldn't have been. I thought that was an easier thing for them to handle. Once reporters got into the clubhouses and players were speaking frankly, and it wasn't, you know, that kind of prepared thing at the lectern, it was a little better. But the whole time I was just, I cannot believe that they're doing another bad apology. It started in the postseason with the Brandon Taubman incident and, they, and the denials that they sent out. Like, there are better ways to handle those things, and they, they didn't do it. Yeah, no, I mean, it was uh, it was kind of a bizarre sequence of events that took place, and it just kept getting, as you said, more and more regrettable. All right, moving away from the Astros and the sadness and the negativity, uh, let's talk opening day a little bit. You spent a lot of years here in San Diego. you have opening days uh, that, that maybe stand out to you from your time with the Padres? You know, I, I, mean, I remember the, the opening of, of Petco Park, the first ever game at Petco, and I remember the overwhelming sense of optimism that was felt throughout the organization. Everybody was so excited to get there after two years of construction and political delays. Ladies and gentlemen, the starting lineup for this historic first ever home opener in Petco. Uh, and, and the Padres finally get there in 2004. And I remember really clearly being in the booth with Mark Grant and Tony Gwynn, and we were all kind of wondering aloud what kind of park it would be in a baseball sense. Everybody thought it was going to play like a bandbox, believe it or not, because compared to Qualcomm, there was relatively less foul territory. So we thought it was going to have this kind of smaller effect. And Eric Judson of JMI Sports, who was one of the, one of the guys who kind of dreamt up the whole place, he kept telling us, no, man, it's going to play big. It's going to play big. And in those first years, as you know, Jesse, it played big. And we loved it. It was a lot of two to one, three to two, two zero. You pitched, you played defense, and you could win in that place back then. It's still true, but uh, a, a little less so because of the mod modifications. Yeah, the modifications and uh, some of the other changes, uh, even just in the neighborhood. I mean, everybody has their own theories as to why things are different. The big video board maybe knocking down yeah. some wind, the big Semper building out beyond center field, same kind of thing. It's been fascinating just in my time here, seeing how it's changed. And as you said, uh, going back to 04, uh, even more extreme. Uh, always great yeah. to catch up with you. Won't keep you for too much longer, but I, I know Padre fans appreciate uh, seeing your face and hearing your voice. One of the fun conversations we've been kicking around the last couple of days is sort of the, the difference in vibe between opening day and the postseason. Huge events, both, obviously. Uh, but, I mean, the conversations we have is, like, different, very different, even though the place is packed, even though it's electric and all that kind of stuff. You have great experience uh, on both fronts working in the postseason, including World Series for the international feed and, of course, all your opening days. What do you make of that, you know, uh, sort of difference in vibe between opening day and, and a big postseason game? Yeah, that's an interesting discussion. Um, I hadn't really thought about it, but, you know, I, I think I'd describe it this way, that opening day for most of the league, and, and let's face it, most of the league, if not half the league, I guess I'll be more generous, is not thinking they're going to win the World Series, right? I don't think they're thinking that in Miami. I don't think that they feel like they're going to win a World Series in Detroit or Kansas City. A lot of teams just see opening day and a lot of fan bases as kind of a reaffirmation of it sounds corny, but the life cycle, right? The seasons, like it's spring, things are in bloom. 
summer's right around the corner. There's this, this, you know, this very optimistic vibe that kind of permeates through in the postseason. It's, it's not so much a celebration of the game. It's a celebration of your team and the zeal to win a world series, the desire to, to win in advance. And they're both big events. And the cool thing about opening day, if you want to say one thing that's cooler than, than the postseason is that all 30 teams can kind of have the same feeling. Um, and, you know, back to your earlier question, I'm thinking about Padres opening days. I want to say there was one in Denver with a ton of homers. Uh, I think Phil Nevin, 05, I want to say, Nevin homered. Uh, I think the pods out homered the Rockies, but lost it in the bottom of the ninth. Um, and that would be one of those days, one of those, you know, the Padres and the Rockies, two teams that, you know, you thought could be, be pretty good. They weren't, they weren't not going to be postseason teams. Uh, they were in that gray area and opening day for them was, it was a celebration of the game and it was, Hey, let's see what we got here. And what we got that day was typical course field. Stuff. Oh, that's great stuff. Uh, appreciate it so much, Matt. Great to see you. Uh, thank you for your time. Continue to take care of yourself. Yeah, family. Hope everybody stays healthy. You too, Jeff. Thanks. Old friend, Matt Vaskersian, very much appreciate his time. One of the great guys in our business and somebody I know who means a lot to uh, to a lot of Padre fans. Uh, bring Annie back in here while we were talking to Matty. And it was a recorded conversation from this afternoon. Some pretty big baseball news breaking. Uh, Jeff Passan of ESPN reporting uh, about the agreement tentative, I guess, uh, reached between the league and the Players Association in, in terms of how things will be handled this year. Um, he, he's tweeting it away. I'm sure most of you guys follow him. Uh, if not, I'll give you a very, you know, kind of quick uh, version of what's going on, at least what I consider the most interesting stuff. Uh, he says, first of all, the owners are expected to ratify the deal tomorrow. So it's sort of been agreed upon, but it won't be official until tomorrow, assuming everything goes smoothly. Uh, he also says players will get an advance in pay for April and May uh, that they will not have to give back, uh, even if there is no season. There's a lot of information there about the draft and the international signing period, which if you want to get into, you can. Uh, but the the fascinating thing to me, and Annie, we talked about this on the show earlier this week, was even in what he calls, you know, the doomsday scenario, even if for whatever reason, you know, from a health standpoint, we cannot play any games uh, in 2020, uh, players would get service time. Now, what that means, and the easy example to use is Mookie Betts, yes. is that Mookie Betts would become a free agent, having never played a game for the Los Angeles Dodgers. That would be a heck of a hang with them for our friends up the five. It is. And if you even just also take like Fernando Tatis Jr., he would be entering his third year having played, I think, 60-something or, or whatever it was games that he played, um, you know, partial season. So for every player, it's really going to make a difference, you know, that one year of service time. But, yeah, for the Dodgers to sign that huge contract and then see nothing really from it is, is really going to be something, if that yeah. happens. Yeah. And again, that's the worst case scenario. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. Both yeah. sides clearly, as, as has been indicated uh, in, in bright flashing lights, I think the last few days, they want to play as many games as possible. But of course, so much of that is out of the hands. I mean, yeah. if, we, uh, if there was no health crisis, we'd be playing today and it would be no big deal. So got to let this thing kind of continue and, and we'll see how it goes. But some interesting news there from uh, Jeff Passan of ESPN. All right, back to the, uh, the opening day and the feel of it. Uh, we talked to Kevin Acey yesterday. He had a very nice story in the paper this morning, talking to some different fans about what opening day means to them and missing it. Annie, you sort of did the, uh, the multimedia uh, version of that. We'll, we'll play the video coming up, but why don't you set this thing up for everybody? I thought it was just wonderful. Thank you. And yes, it's the social distancing multimedia version of it. Of course, right now it's, it's hard to go out and get interviews. You know, people aren't leaving their house. They're not just kind of walking around as they shouldn't be. They're staying inside. So I thought, how can we do this in a way that would be appropriate 
during this this period of, of a health crisis. And so people sent in their videos. I asked them to kind of send in what they would be doing, what they would have done, and then you know how they feel about baseball being gone. And I love seeing those submissions. Um, same with the story that Kevin Acey did. It's really special to see why a lot of people are fans, you know? So it was really, really a cool thing to do. All right, let's check it out. I was looking forward to opening day this coming Thursday. Um, unfortunately, the season has been postponed due to COVID-19, but if it was happening still, I had the day off. I had planned for a tailgate party with a bunch of my friends, but hopefully this whole thing gets resolved. We get normal see soon, sooner than later, and that we still get a baseball season. So if today were opening day, I would definitely be at the ballpark tailgating with friends and then enjoying at the Padres game some local craft beer. But since there's no baseball, I will just enjoy the craft beer. At least my kids are off. They're home too. So if I need something, they got it for me. Thanks, buddy. Miss you, baseball. I would have been skipping out on work. Would have picked up my wife and left my kids at home and taking her and spend some quality time at the ballpark. This time has been kind of difficult being in the military. I don't have any local family, so going to the ballpark was kind of like my second family and uh, really felt like a second home. So I just can't wait for baseball to be back. Today, we're going to be skipping school to be at Peggle Park to cheer on our project at opening day. And I'm sad because I wanted to see our Padres fans, friends like the Padres, and really want to meet Manny Machado and Joey Lucchese. What's the message about baseball season? The interaction with the players, besides by the bullpen, I miss Matt Drum, Craig Stammen, Kobe Yates. Honestly, I miss the whole team. I would have gone to get out of school early and go to the game with my mom and wear this hat. But since there's no baseball, it is a super huge bummer that we just we don't have baseball right now in San Diego, and I'm super bummed about missing opening day. We're so stoked to finally have the Brown back, but what do we do? So we gotta keep the faith out there. Um, you know, it's gonna be a big bummer this year, but really hoping something can happen sometime this year and we get baseball again. On opening day, that's a holiday in our house and we all take off from work and school and get downtown early. Uh, we find a restaurant to have breakfast and we enter Petco Park as soon as the gates open. I can't wait for baseball to resume and um, be able to get back and watch some live games and reconnect with all of my fellow Padres fans. For me, I'm someone that lives in East Village, so I love the way East Village comes alive during uh, baseball season and especially opening day. Uh, I love going to the ballpark and seeing old friends and people that you bonded with because for me, that really is what uh, Padres baseball is all about. Is, uh, is being a family. At this opening day, I would have been sitting in section 319 at Peckle Park watching as our boys played against the Rockies. Um, the thing that I miss most about baseball is really just the feeling of being at the ballpark, you know, walking into the stadium and just feeling the energy of the crowd and of the team. There's nothing like it. Uh, what I miss most about baseball is just being able to get away from everything and forget the stresses of my day and have fun. The thing I'll miss most about opening day is the traditions. 
I don't get to go to opening day with my daughter. I miss the fans. I miss the game. And I miss the trolley ride home with my daughter where we could talk about baseball. So baseball, please come back. I miss the fourth, in, fourth inning Padres Twitter meetups. And I miss him heckling the outfielders. It's good times. I had tickets for me and, and my daughters to come out and see the new look Padres uh, together. And the fact that we're going to miss that, or at least it's going to be delayed, is it, 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 it's not great. Um, but we'll get through it. So uh, every day we try to see the good, and, and we'll, we'll see you guys all again. What I miss most about baseball is just being at the ballpark with everyone um, just being surrounded by that atmosphere and just the escape that it brought me which is probably something we could all use right about now i'm sad because i wanted to see the home ones so we can yeah so we can see the final boom 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 i hope to be back at pick a point go Padres! Oh, man. Beautifully done, Annie, and uh, everybody who participated in that. You do an awesome job uh, with all your work, that video courtesy of the uh, UT uh, from, from Annie Howard. Very nice. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. And and, and I t- thank you to everyone who participated because it's really nice of them to take the time to do it. Jesse, look at how many people miss work and school to come to the game. And so I just really want to know, I mean, your son, you're definitely going to have him play hooky, right? I mean, do you think he's going to yet opening day when he's old enough to go to school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's, that's probably uh, pretty pretty obvious. I mean, you yeah. know, it's funny, growing up, like, school was a big deal in my house. Like, we didn't get to, you know, do that. Um, but, you know, I grew up in, in South Florida, and the first ever Marlin game, opening day of 93, yeah. happened to be my birthday. And that was, like, the one time I got out of school for opening day. And, and I just remember my parents came, picked me up early from school. I got to leave. I can like still see myself walking out of the classroom because that's such a great feeling, right? Uh, I think it was best. maybe like a three o'clock game, something yeah. like that. So I got to leave early, go down there. And uh, that was a pretty cool birthday, obviously. It's even cooler when you get to skip school, you know, and you get to go down and, and see, see a game played at your favorite ballpark, your favorite team with all the people around you having fun. And, and even as an adult, right, you get to go do the block party and make a day out of it. So I think uh, it's definitely the national pastime. It's definitely a, a national holiday in a sense for a good reason. Yeah, no question about that. All right, we uh, we still have like a lot to get to. This is a uh, a jam packed show. We're having a lot of fun doing a lot of different things on what should have been or could have been, whatever you want to say, opening day of this 2020 season. Obviously, it is not. But mentioned a couple of games you'll be able to watch coming up uh, at the bottom of this hour at 6:30 Pacific on Padres.com and on the Padres YouTube channel. Replaying uh, that wacky, wacky, wacky game from last June uh, at Coors Field against the Rockies. The Padres came back and won at seven tonight. Fox Sports San Diego is uh, re-airing a game from uh, a week before that. Padres and the Washington Nationals, the eventual World Series champions. Uh, at Petco Park. So if Colorado baseball to the max is uh, not your thing, you can check out that other game or maybe you go second screen and you enjoy both of them at the same time. There's no such thing as uh, too much Don and Mud. And uh, of course, uh, the third member of that team with great regularity is Bob Scanlon. And he joined us earlier this afternoon as well. Very happy to welcome in a very familiar face to Padre fans, Bob Scanlon, currently a sideline analyst and reporter on Fox Sports San Diego, but a, a part of the Padre broadcast family for many, many years now. 
How, uh, that's a good question, Bob. How many uh, years involved in Padres broadcasts uh, will this be for you? Oh my gosh, Jesse, great to see you. And I think this is year 16 coming up. So it's been a lot of fun and uh, seen a lot of changes in Padres baseball, including the new brown uniforms, which we don't get a chance to see on opening day, which is heartbreaking, but that doesn't mean we still can't wear our brown shirts today. So uh, it's been a lot of fun and uh, it's, it's a super exciting period for Padres baseball. And I can't wait for it to get going again. At least one of us thought of that. I'm here in my blue. Totally inappropriate. That's my bad. I realize it now. Uh, Bob looks much better uh, than I do. Anyway, of all the people, by the way, you know, with the funny, silly things people are concerned about in life, right? Like, obviously, we know it's a serious time. We're concerned about this. We're concerned about that. But, you know, you, you start hearing people be like, oh, I'm getting your nails done or getting a haircut. Bob doesn't need haircuts, man. You're going you're gonna to look great no matter what, even if you could go like three months and, and your hair will be pristine. It'll be, uh, it'll be fantastic. Uh, well, talk to a lot of product here lately, Jesse, haven't had a need to use it. So one thing though, it, it's interesting yeah. we, we were talking about just, you know, sort of the perspective of what's going on during these times and everything. And obviously we're, we're missing opening day and there's much bigger global issues going on, but this, I was trying to think back if there's anything that sort of reminded me of this time period. And, and one of the things that came back to mind was nine 11 in 2001 where you know our world stopped in many ways. And I was just reflecting on that because I remember how important it was to, to the president of the United States at that time in, in wanting to get baseball back up and running. And the reason was because they wanted to try to bring some normalcy back to people's lives. And also I think there was an appreciation and understanding for the value of, of baseball and its, its, uh, its position in terms of the fabric of American society. And so as much as we're missing this day and as much as we know there's there's so many other things going on, it's it's nice to be able to talk baseball just for a few minutes and, and uh, remind us that there's something to look forward to hopefully when all of this passes. So anyway, I'm just hoping for uh, health for everybody out there and hopefully we can resume to some normalcy here, here soon. Yeah, it's very nicely said. And that's kind of what we're trying to do on this show is just provide like, you know, a, a glass worth, a pint's worth of uh, normalcy on these uh, Monday through Thursdays just to, you know, distract, if nothing else, from what is obviously a, a very, very difficult time. All right, let's uh, let, let's go back to Peoria. It seems like 10 years ago, but it wasn't. Uh, Bob, of course, is my is my pitching expert. I mean, you're the guy I go to when I've got questions about how guys look and, you know, that kind of thing. You, you spend as much time talking to the pitchers and the pitching coaches uh, as anybody around the Padres. What did you see? What did you like from uh, the, the arms in spring training? Well, there was a lot to see and a lot to like. And obviously, we understand the depth of this bullpen. And we know that that's going to be a strength for this ball club this year. So it was fun to see some of the new faces, Pagan and, and some of the other new guys that are there to, that are going to add some depth to this, this bullpen that already has Kirby Yates on the back end and Craig Stammen. And uh, we were hoping that, that Reyes might, might come back healthy. And so there, there were a lot of positive things there. But the thing that also stood out to me was um, the fact that the starting rotation was kind of the question only in terms of some health, right? I mean, was Denelson Lamette going to be back 100%? Was Garrett Richards going to be back coming from the Tommy John surgery? And what really impressed me was, was how well both of those guys threw. In fact, I got goosebumps the first time Garrett Richards went out to the mound. In his first couple of innings, he was throwing 96, 97, 98 miles an hour without any problem, and everything seemed like, wow, this guy is back on track. The stuff is there. The command seemed to be there. Nasty put-away slider. So it was sort of leading to believe that that's the Garrett Richards that everybody wanted to have and everybody was excited about getting back. The other guy that was impressive, as I mentioned, was Denelson Lamette, who was just absolutely overpowering in spring training. So 
between the, the depth of the bullpen, I think I said Reyes, I meant Jose Castillo coming back, but the depth of the bullpen along with what you might get out of that starting rotation with Lamette throwing as well as he was, Garrett Richards back on track. Those are two guys when they're healthy can just be dominant guys. Any day to go out there, they, they can you know get you into the seventh or eighth inning and not even need that bullpen. On top of the fact that Chris Paddock was being Chris Paddock, and we didn't know a whole lot about Zach Davies, but he was being exactly who he is. Not overpowering, but he was making quality pitches. And so you just saw some depth in this rotation that we haven't seen in the last couple of years. So from a pitching perspective, that's what was most exciting to me was sort of the dominance that we got a chance to see out of Lamette and Garrett Richards early in spring training. And also just as a general theme, you have a new pitching coach there. You've got a new bullpen coach. And the sense that I got from everybody is that the transition was going super well. I think a lot of people that uh, know and understand Larry Rothschild understand that he and, and Darren, uh, yeah, Darren Balsey were, were cut from the same cloth in terms of uh, the way they communicate with players, the, the, uh, the, their philosophies in pitching in a lot of ways. And so I think there's a new voice there, but it's not a dram- dramatically different message. And so I think that was comforting for some guys. And so um, I, I just get a sense that these guys are on board. They're excited about what's going on. And they understand from a pitching staff perspective, Jesse, the strength that they can be for this ball club, not just the bullpen, but also what we were starting to see out of that starting rotation. As a pitcher, Bob, what's the most important part of that relationship with the pitching coach for you as a player? It's trust. I mean, that is the number one thing is knowing that that guy understands you. He understands what you're going through at various times and that you can trust him to you know, have your back at, at, at times. And I think Larry Rothschild, been, having been around as long as he has, 48 years as a major league player, coach, and manager, he understands every, every perspective. And I think he gained the trust of those guys right away. And, and it's really a credit to the in all of the new coaches there. Like Jace Tingler, uh, Bobby Dickerson, Wayne Kirby, Larry Rothschild, all of them spent time this offseason reaching out to players, establishing relationships before spring training even started. And I think that was really important because when guys arrived, I think there was always a, already a comfort level there and, and a sense of, I know these guys, they're there for me. They've got my best interests at heart. Yes, they're going to get on me at times. And that's been the fun thing to watch during spring training as well is uh, you know, these coaches, it, there's accountability. Uh, when things don't go well, it doesn't matter what your last name is on the back of the jersey or how much money you're making or how many years you've been in the league. They are going to call you on it. But I think, again, it gets back to that relationships that were built during the offseason and strengthened during spring training. Yeah, I think that was uh, very, very clear to anybody uh, around the practice fields in Peoria this spring. It was uh, noticeable from moment one, certainly. All right, let's uh, let's have some fun. Uh, Another thing we've been talking about and we'll continue to talk about is something that took place last year. So, Bob, if I asked you off the top of your head, if you knew where you were June 14th, uh, 2019. Would you be able to answer that question? <laughs> Without a doubt, I was hanging out on the end of the dugout there at, and uh, at Coors Field, watching one of the craziest games of the entire season. If I'm not mistaken, Jesse, we spent about five hours and four minutes broadcasting that game, didn't we? Literally five hours <laughs> and four minutes. You hit it on the head. Yeah, that that was a crazy one, and uh, you know. Both of us, when we go to the ballpark, when we go to Coors, I know as broadcasters, one of the things we're praying for, you know, please don't be a, 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 what can be a Coors crazy game. And the, on the one sense, it's fun because you're going to get some amazing opportunities to have great calls, which you'd which you love to do and do a great job with. Um, from my perspective, I'm going to get a chance to talk to various players in terms of who the hero of the game is going to be afterwards. And that can change four or five times over the course of a ball game. 
And that was certainly the case in that game that ended up being 12 innings long and as many flip-flops as, as you could possibly ask for. So it, it, that was a crazy one. Yeah, I mean, th- there are so many different aspects of it to, to dive into. Tatis coming up with a big hit. Renfro hit three home runs in that game, which is somehow like the fifth most interesting thing that happened. Uh, you know, the Padres uh, coming back to tie it in the ninth, winning it in the 12th. How about Kirby Yates gives up a home run in the bottom of the 12th inning to the first guy he sees, Charlie Blackman. And I remember kind of thinking to myself, be like, oh, my gosh, this game is never – like, here we go again. And then he gets the next three as if nothing had ever happened. That's Kirby in a nutshell right there. No question. I mean, things could have unraveled right there. Right? And, and they may have for some other – guys who are closers, but Kirby is so solid and does not get flustered by anything. He's one of the best at just keeping himself locked in on the situation and not letting the circumstance overtake him. And that was a great example of it. But yeah, you're right. There were so many twists and turns. And you already mentioned Fernando Tatis Jr. and his presence in that ball game. And I think, you know, as, as fun as that game was and as many twists and turns, really when you go back to it, his starting things off in that ninth inning, he got the rally going and he also finished it off with a two run single in that later on in that inning to tie the game. So he was instrumental in that. And he also got the rally going in the 12th inning, leading things off with a triple. So, you know, we've talked about Fernando Tati Jr. so much, and I don't think that it can be understated how much energy he brings into this ball club and how guys really look to him to be a leader in certain ways, because look, even the best players in the game understand this kid is a special talent, not only physically, but just his aura, the energy that he brings to the game and his ability to come through in those big situations. He's really establishing it. And, and Jesse, one other thing about Fernando, I remember it specifically at Colorado, that series, uh, in, because later on in the season when he wasn't there, the, the Rocky players, and I go into the visiting clubhouses quite a bit, the Rocky players were asking me and, and were excited to see what this kid can do. And when he wasn't in the lineup at the end of the season, they were disappointed that he wasn't there. Guys were saying, look, we're bummed out because Tatis isn't in the lineup. Yes, he might beat us, but he brings such energy to the game. You never know what's going to happen. So it's not just Padre players that are affected by it. But you can tell the other team understands this kid is a presence on the field. That is uh, one of the ultimate compliments uh, you can get. There's no question about it. Bob, great to see you. Uh, Continue to take care of yourself and your family. We wish health to all of you guys. And uh, again, thanks for taking some time for us. Jesse, thanks. Same to you and yours. Always great to talk to you, buddy. Take care. You too. All right. Thanks again to thanks, Bob. Dan. I've actually got my scorebook from, from last season. I, I know you're probably not going to be able to actually read any of it, but I, I mean, just kind of revisiting that game. And again, the reason we're talking about it is in 15 minutes, it'll air uh, on Padres.com. It was a 16 to 12 win when all was said and done in 12 innings. Teams combined for 28 runs, 39 hits. Annie, it took five hours and four minutes. If, if you told me it took seven hours, I would have believed you. Yeah. Uh, Padres scored six times in the ninth inning to come back and tie it, and then they exploded for a, a five-run 12th. That whole weekend was bonkers. It was a four-game series too, right? Yeah, yeah it was a four-game series Thursday through Sunday, Father's Day weekend at Coors. And uh, just, I mean, look, we know about Coors. We know the Coors thing, but that seemed to go to another level. Even, even, you know, at Coors, when you're in the ninth inning and you're down by six, I mean, you know, there's, there's a point where, you, you know, broadcasters, whoever it is, probably even players in some respects are like, eh, we'll try again tomorrow. You know, I mean, you're still going to go out there. You're going to try as hard as you can, but you know, you know, it's a long shot in some ways and to come back like that in the ninth and then come back to win it. And and I really think Jesse, that was one of the games, you know, it was such a special first half for this team as far as the way that, they, that the whole team connected and the way that they were able to kind of 
continuously come back in certain situations and kind of grind out games and really just have a cohesive unit there on the field. I think that was one of those games, yeah, like leading into the all-star break where they just felt different. You know, there was just like a different feeling instead of feeling like things might collapse. It was like, no, 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 we're going to get out of this, you know, and like we're going to win it. And I think that was a big thing too, especially in that first half. Yeah. Like I said, the whole series was bonkers. Uh, Saturday, uh, there was a 30-minute rain delay. It didn't rain. Uh, that's always special. <laughs> Matt Strom was ejected from the bench. Don't think he actually yes. said anything. Also special. And then Sunday, Father's Day, also crazy, by the way. It got a little overshadowed by the Friday game that we're talking about. Uh, just won that one 14-13 to 13 after they scored four runs in the ninth. I mean, it was just – it was really a, a bananas uh, four days uh, at Coors Field. All right, we're going to hop out in the time machine again here. So we're talking about opening day today, obviously. that uh, would have been March 26th. Opening day last year was March 28th. So if you remember really well, if you're like a, the, one of those people with the photographic memory, you remember last March 26th, the Padres were actually playing exhibition in Seattle. They played two yes. exhibition games against the Mariners. Those games weren't even televised in San Diego. Like Fox was like, that's nah, fine. You guys go ahead. Uh, but Teddy and I were there for the radio. You know, they were spring training games, but they were in Seattle as opposed to in Peoria. And um, this is what happened. Take a look at the video. Uh, a year ago today, Chris Paddock pitched great. Uh, and uh, Andy Green comes out there, and he kind of looks over to Eric Cosmer, I think, and Eric Cosmer gets to tell Chris Paddock, hey, you're going to be on the big league roster when opening day comes later this week. And you see a very emotional Chris Paddock. That is like a moment that he will tell his grandkids about one day and they will show, and you know, what's so cool is like that's on video and he'll be able to show his grandkids one day. But it, that is something that you just, like words cannot express how cool that is. I mean, it's cool when any guy gets to find out he's making the major league roster, you get to find out you're making your debut. There's always such great stories around those, but to have it on the field and to be surrounded by your teammates and to have just, you know, finished pitching uh, and, and grinded your way through a spring training where you were really working to get on the roster. I mean, just that feeling, you know, you, you'd want to bottle that up and sell it and you, you would, it'd be priceless. You wouldn't be able to do it, you know? So it's really cool for Chris Paddock and it's something that is so Chris Paddock, you know what I mean? Like that's so him for it to happen like that. Yeah. Another thing that is uh, so Chris Paddock is just being a good guy. And obviously a lot of people had their plans turned upside down baseball and otherwise in recent weeks because of everything going on, whether it was maybe a vacation you had planned or, or whether it was opening day. And we've talked about this a little bit. We've got birthdays all over the place. Uh, AJ Caswell's wife's birthday is today. Emily, happy birthday. I'm sure you're not watching. Uh, but you know, the, during these times when you can't go out and do what you would normally do, uh, birthday plans can, can get messed up a little bit. And as adults, we kind of roll with that. We get that. No big deal. My birthday's in a couple of weeks. I don't think it's going to matter much one way or the other. But uh, for, for kids, you know, it's, it's kind of a big thing. So uh, we, we got a hold of a, a kid named Sawyer, and I believe his birthday uh, was supposed to be or is today. He's 10. He's supposed to go to opening day. He was pretty bummed out, and the Padres did something very special for this young guy. What's up, man? Chris Paddock here with San Diego Padres. Just wanted to wish you a happy 10th birthday, man. All this craziness going on in the world, the coronavirus, it sucks that we're, uh, you know, we're not going to be playing tomorrow, March 26th, 2020 for opening day. Um, heard you were coming out, man. Anyways, man, just wanted to 
wish you and your family the best. Stay healthy. Um, hope you have a great birthday, man. And, and we're looking forward to get this season on the road. Hopefully it happens sooner than later. Very, very cool of Chris Paddock to be able to do that. Technology is amazing. You know, I mean, you think about it all the time. I mean, first of all, we're doing this show, I guess, from all of our houses, wherever we are uh, around San Diego County. Um, but, you know, growing up as a kid, I can't imagine getting a video that like my, my dad or my mom could play me on a phone or a tablet. You know, my favorite baseball player uh, wishing me a happy birthday. That's very cool and very nice of Chris Paddock. It's so cool, Chris Paddock. It's really cool that the Padres did that. And he'll be able to watch that video every year for the rest of his life. And and it's just, you know, it's another reminder of just kind of the way that baseball transcends the way, you know, just what happens on the field is not, does not encapsulate everything that Major League Baseball is or baseball or sports in general. You know, so much happens off the field that makes such a difference in people's lives. And that kid is going to be the coolest kid in his, you know, in his little community there for a long time, you know? <laughs> well, let us add to it. Happy birthday, Sawyer. Happy birthday, Sawyer. I hope you have a great day. I don't think we're as cool as Chris Paddock, but I hope that you had a wonderful birthday. Not even a little bit. Not, Not even a little bit. <laughs> I love that Chris Paddock. Jesse, who, what, huh? <laughs> That's I love okay. Too, that's okay. I love, I love too that he like knew, you know he said the date like on the video like he you know that's he's very intellectual like that so I love that he was like you know March twenty sixth twenty twenty and then and Sawyer had a nice handwritten card that's awesome it is it is all right so I think uh, on what was supposed to be opening day uh, we're we're gonna leave you with uh, just some uh, sights and sounds of opening days past openings day doesn't sound right. Opening days past. Uh, as a reminder, we're doing the show uh, every Monday through Thursday, so we will not be with you again for another couple of days. Hope everybody has a good and safe weekend wherever you may be. Uh, we'll do this again Monday at 5.30. Big thanks to uh, Matt Vaskersian, to Bob Scanlon, and of course to Annie, and, and for all you guys for joining us and hanging out. Another reminder, that crazy Rocky game coming up at 6.30. You can watch it on Padres.com and the Padres YouTube channel. And then uh, also uh, an exciting uh, victory over the Washington Nationals on Fox Sports San Diego at seven o'clock tonight. So you can have uh, both screens going, have a lot of fun and enjoy that. But I encourage you to stick around for this, uh, some of the sights uh, and the sounds of past opening days in Padres history. Enjoy it. Have a great weekend, everybody. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.